Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We're back from Father's Day weekend. How was your Father's Day? Oh, it was good, actually. I I was down in Atlanta again. I've been to Georgia twice in two weeks, which is, like, kind of nice. Mm. So I went down. It was a double duty. I spent half of it with my mom trying on wedding dresses, and the other day I spent with my dad taking him to – all he wanted was to go to Hibachi Grill. Um, oh, that's which, cute. Yeah, I never would have agreed to, but I was like, it's your day. I guess we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like half my day with my dad, my sisters, and I um, went to go obviously like visit and we all brought like lunch. So we had lunch and my nephew was there. So everybody was just like, you know, he's like the star of the show. We're like, is Roman coming? <laughs> and he's crawling now and like doing the fake walk when you like hold on to the couch and you're like, I can walk. I mean, but with the couch assisted. So I know. So it was just fun. And then the other half, um, just back here at home, um, Superman had like a, a Father's Day barbecue with his friends in the backyard and. He had fun. That's nice. Wait, with his dad or? No, no. His other dad dads. Really, yeah, like just the other dads in the back. They just like bought like barbecue stuff and like ice pops for the kids and just grilled out and let, let everybody eat free. You know, I saw a lot of, I wasn't on the, my computer so much, but because my, my uncle was one of the people who was posting this, I noticed that there were quite a few posts about single dads and how apparently there's a trend among single moms on Father's Day to be like, well, shout out to all the single moms who should also get credit for being, you know, the mother and the father. And so apparently there's, so that's like a separate thing. But then there was a lot of single dads who were posting, who were saying, you know what, like shout out to all the single dads. If you're a mom, you don't get to be the dad too. Like, and it seems like there was like a little bit of like uh, a beef there. And I never really thought about that as an issue before, but I could, I kind of could see, I could see people's point when they say, You know, when you are a single mother, it's important. I read one sort of one of the more well thought articles um, posted by a blog called Wealthy Single Mommy. Oh, I know her. Say hi, Emma. Yeah. Hey, Emma. Mm -hmm. I forget if she wrote it or she just shared this blog post, but it was more in depth. She kind of talked about how when single moms say that they are, you know, say I'm the mommy and the daddy, it just kind of tells kids that it's okay to not have a dad and, you know, don't feel bad about not having a dad. And somehow that impacts them psychologically when they're not allowed to, when they're not allowed to be sad about not having a dad or. Yeah. It's it's hard. The truth of the matter is. Like, I get it, but you're not a mom and a dad. You're a mom, you know, and you could be an amazing mom. You can raise an amazing kid. But that's like saying, I'm your brother and your sister. I mean, I'm your sister. You know, it's okay not to be the brother. It doesn't 
You know what I mean? I just, I don't, I never get that. I get why it's because basically I had to do everything if I'm the single mom and like my mom, you know, the man in my life is not helping. I get that. But to me, it doesn't make you both. It just makes you a great mom. There's so much like tiptoe. There's so much. See, I'm a, so my, I was raised by a single mom. My parents divorced when I was 10. And, you know, my dad was still in the picture, but he definitely wasn't the main breadwinner. He wasn't supporting us super financially. Um, and so having grown up in the situation, and I don't want to get too much, you know, my mom listens sometimes. I don't want to make her, I don't want to get in trouble. Right. Basically. <laughs> yeah, I was like, carefully now. Cause that's, that's what it is. You all, and you know, my cousins are around the age I was when the, you know, their parents are getting divorced and I find myself really putting myself in their shoes because it's so hard. You love your mom, you love your dad, but you see your mom busting her ass to take care of you. And my mom had four kids ages shoot like 15 to five to take care of on her own you know without a college degree working a pretty stable job um and doing it all and and it's hard because you you have to as a parent you have to respect the other parent you know even though that parent may be you know up to no good or not helping out like they should be or not helping out equitably all I've read and all I've experienced is it can be more damaging when you speak ill of the other parent Yes. Um, you have to sort of always in the kid's mind, keep that, keep a positive um, impression of or a positive dialogue going about the other parent. Even if you really just need like a big glass of wine, you just want to like murder this person, you know, on the regular. No, no, I, I agree because when I used to teach uh, preschool, what I found was that kids really saw themselves, you know, when parents were not in the picture, they really saw themselves as half mommy, half daddy, even if daddy kind of wasn't really there. And if you spoke ill of their parent, you know, it it was like a reflection of them. Like, so part of me is bad, you know? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of parents who, you know, who are struggling with their significant other not being there, not being supportive or whatever, I don't think sometimes that they get that. It's It's so hard. It's so hard to not feel resentment when you feel like yeah. you're doing it every That's why I really encourage, you know, I think my parents, my family waited way too long to go start talking to therapists and stuff. And I, I hope that, I feel like some of the stigma around therapy has changed. But when I was a kid, like it just wasn't something that you did. And I wish my family as a whole had started talking to someone earlier than we, you know, waiting until we were in our 20s and like, you know, out in the world. Because I feel like even if you don't feel like you need it, especially the parent, you need that objective adult to talk to about whatever's happening. So you don't go home and take it out like your frustrations when you, you know, your kids can hear. Yeah. That's my uh, parenting advice for the day. (laughs) Parenting advice from two (laughs) non-parents. So today's the first day of summer. I saw that. Facebook told me. Facebook Facebook told me too. Yeah. (laughs) Facebook tells me everything. So yeah. you, you know how when you become an adult, things don't, it's it's like weird because there's not really a summer vacation. So like, why do I look forward? I used to wait for June and now it's like, oh, June, still working. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, like for me, it was crazy because I got to elongate that feeling because I was a school teacher. So I got that same summer off. I was like, ooh, my life is still the same. I can't wait. The last couple of weeks, I was like, I don't care what you learned. Just sit down. I'm sorry guys how does that work when you're a teacher what do you get paid over the summer no so it works one of two ways either one you just your pay just stops and you had better have saved or you have a boo or somebody that's gonna help you out 
Um, or two, some schools will actually, um, so you get paid for 10 months, but some schools will escrow some of your money so you can still get paid during the summer. But not a lot of schools do that. Oh, that's interesting. I was always curious about that. No, you have a 10 month contract basically. So like where I worked, it was like 10 months. I just used to stack my money and then use it in the summer. And then do you not get paid for like weeks off, like spring break and winter break and stuff like that? Um, no, no, you do. It's a salary. So you, you get like your, you know, every two weeks you get, or, you know, I think that's what it was. Every two weeks you get paid regardless. And, and then you also get, um, you know, some vacation days and some sick days, but no, you get spring break and all of that. Your check is not shorter. You don't get paid hourly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a lot of, a lot of news today about this Ticketmaster settlement. Did you yes, read about that? I, I, t- I totally checked and I was so disappointed. Uh, I am an $8 heir now. $8 oh, an heir. Oh, look at you, Richie. Let me hold something. <laughs> well, first, uh, so what happened was, apparently, so this happens a lot of times. There's huge class actions that go on for years and years, and you have no idea you're part of this class action lawsuit until there's finally a settlement, and then the attorneys are in charge of alerting people. So basically, Ticketmaster got sued for tacking on extra fees to tickets between the years of like 1997 to 2013. And so if you purchase tickets during that, what, like 16-year time period, you may be eligible for like... I think it's oh so it's two dollars and twenty five cents for each ticket purchased during that sixteen year period, up to like seventeen tickets. So if you're eligible, all you have to do is basically check your email. Um, you should have. I just I didn't realize this had been going on, and I get a lot of junk mail, so I just quickly searched my email inbox for Ticketmaster and actually found the email saying you're eligible, and you go to what's the website Ticketmaster.com/voucher. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it was like, honestly, I just went to Ticketmaster. I logged in and oh, there God. was, um, there was a button on the side that said vouchers. And then I clicked active voucher and there was nothing. And I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> if you, I had, I only had four, four tickets, four vouchers each for $2 and 25 cents. And I read that you can use up to two vouchers at a time per. So if I go buy a ticket next time, I can get a whole entire $4.50 off. Say it ain't so. So, hey, that's more money than I had on Ticketmaster yesterday. So, um, but yeah, go check. Log into Ticketmaster. Just check. Can't hurt. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, because I know uh, Wells Fargo was paying out something because a lot of the women in my Dreamcatcher group were getting like $70 checks from Wells Fargo. I can't remember what they did. Oh, you know what I bet that is? Um, they were sued class action for for doing that purchase ordering, illegal purchase ordering on debit accounts. Okay. I think that might be it. That's when um, this was like, this isn't happening as much because obviously they were sued and lost. But sometimes when you go shopping, instead of banks ordering your transactions in the order that you made them, they would do it like smallest transaction first or largest transaction first. And people who were like really trying to calculate how much money they have left would all of a sudden get hit with a larger fee than they ex- a larger debit mm. charge than expected because of the way the bank was ordering it. Um, and of course, that works for banks because the average overdraft fee is like thirty five dollars. Yeah, a pop. So that's what that's about. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So a lot of people got money back from that too. You just gotta be careful sometimes with banks because someone had posted that a bank, the bank deposited nearly a million dollars in her account, I think it was, either a million or a hundred thousand. I can't remember the zeros, but some obscene amount of money. Of course it was a mistake. 
They took back the money plus $2,000 and overdrafted her. And they're telling her it's going to take two weeks to get her money back. She's like, so these bills. And so she oh, was freaking. No. Yeah, yeah, she was free. Yeah, she was freaking out. It was in uh, the Dreamcatcher group. And people were trying to tell her, like, you know, like, work for the bank. This is what you should say. And some people were telling her, that's not possible. I work for the bank. That would never happen. And people were like, uh, yeah, it happened to me. Like, why? you think she's just lying? Like, what's the purpose of lying in the Dreamcatcher group to say, hey, the bank took extra money? That happens. And um, actually, a friend of mine had called me. She's like, did you see what was posted in the group? That happened to me once. They, you know, deposited $50,000 accidentally and took maybe like, you know, $100 or $200 extra back. And it took forever to get her money back. Mm-hmm. But I felt, I really felt for this woman because she was like, I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. I I could not afford to lose a dollar, let alone 2000 And I'm now I have to wait for it. And so what happens when I my bills are late? Are they going to pay these late fees? And so, yeah, we're it's still trying to... I'm, I know, I know. I just it's just crazy that that's the reason why we do what we do right here. Hopefully to, you know, help you navigate well, those those murky waters. I love writing a good, you know, big bank screwed this customer over story. So if you want to email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail dot com. Get in touch with me. I could put you in a story. That's the you know, it's sad, but a lot of times those people who write to like newspaper reporters or consumer reporters with their Mm -hmm. grievances and all you have to do is publish one article saying you know bank of x Mm -hmm. took the money from the poor consumer in you know nebraska and then oh magically a day later yes oh you know i'm gonna look maybe i'll tag you in it because i could tell that she was just really um stressed out and afraid honestly Please do. You know, I just I just did a story on um, a woman from Seattle, old woman. Her name was Stephanie Baker, and she had a taken out a payday loan. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the loans. Um, I know, of course, you know, but for those who don't know, payday loans, mm-hmm. you you know, don't have enough money to cover your bills, so you go to these little storefronts and they front you the money, and it's usually due within fourteen days. So Stephanie's loan. Uh, she took out a loan and she was a couple months late on it and she ended up filing bankruptcy for other reasons. This loan was expunged in bankruptcy. Shouldn't have been due. A year later, she gets a letter from this payday lending company saying she now owes them $40,000. Like because of interest and late fees and whatnot and whatnot. This was maybe two, three years ago. She's hired attorneys. She spent hundreds on legals. This is a woman who has no, she doesn't have hundreds to spend because you remember she took out a payday loan and she filed bankruptcy. Once you file a bankruptcy and a, a debt has been discharged, those debt collectors are no longer allowed to come after you. And yet this payday lender continued coming after her. And even though she was clearly in the right here and shouldn't have been um, pursued by these debt collectors, she still had to hire attorneys to represent her and to get these people off her back. Now, two years later, she gets her story written. It went on Yahoo. Um, and before that, it was covered by a local newspaper. And all of a sudden, the payday lending company comes out and they're like, oh, whoops, our bad. That was a typo. You didn't really wow. owe $40,000. You only owed 400 And by the way, that was expunged in bankruptcy. So our bad. Wow. Did they? That's just so crazy. And it's just such a shame that like... Public shame is the only thing that helps. Did you see the one about um, Bank of America, how a couple foreclosed on the actual bank of Bank of America, like a local branch? Foreclosed it, on the bank? What now? Yeah, I, so this is what happened. I thought it was like hilarious. So it was on a, it was a, uh, on the news, like whatever the local news was down in wherever, down, I think it was in Florida. So the couple bought a, a property um, in cash in full. I think it was like $300,000 or whatever they paid for it. 
the bank um, sends them a letter saying you're behind on your mortgage. And they're like, yeah, so the thing is, we don't have a mortgage because we bought the, the house in full from you. The bank considers, continues to pursue it, forecloses on the property, causes all this money and whatever. Um, so the couple sues the bank to say you caused us all this money and hardship and blah, 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 when in fact we paid for the property in full. The bank was like, yeah, 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 well, you know, we'll get around to rectifying the situation. So the couple's attorney says, you know what, the bank, because they won in court and they, the bank was... It said, I guess the judge or whatever said, yes, the bank has to pay you back X amount of dollars. Bank doesn't pay, bank doesn't pay. A p- attorney files to to liquidate the bank's assets to get his client's money. And the judge agrees. And they, they send a sheriff. Like, I'm watching it on the like this local news on YouTube or on um on uh like Facebook. Somebody had posted the link to the local news. So you're watching like the sheriff go in. Like they're actually moving stuff on a moving truck, like starting to move things out of the bank, like just like they would do if they were foreclosing on your house. What that bank manager flew into his office and called whoever. And within a few hours, that check that they owed was written. Now, isn't it a shame that it takes all of that to shame you to foreclose on the very bank that's trying to foreclose on them? I just thought that like everybody was like cheering, like, yay, get them. <laughs> but it was just like, what if I like feel good? Like, oh, it was posted so many times in the group because people were just like, yes, finally a big bank gets their due. And the woman was like, oh, she was so cute. She was so nervous. She's like, I just, I just want to have my house. I don't even care about all this stuff. She just was like, and it's just a shame that people have to go through that. That and You do the right thing by buying a house in cash, which yeah, does that ever happen? Exactly. And you still and get in trouble. This, Exactly. And it's just, yeah, it's just a shame because, you know, the part that makes me mad is that I understand that mistakes happen, you know, because they do. But when you make a mistake, I feel like it is your duty to make it right and not to have somebody wait for you to make it right. Or you just like drag your feet for you to make it right. But that's why I tell people if someone does you like if a a company does you wrong, take it to social media. I know I do every single time. Like, hey, Staples. So the thing is, I was in staple store number 2214 and the woman behind the counter, for real, I'll do that. And I'm, I'm never like, you know, I won't bash anyone and I won't say their name, but I'll say, you know, the clerk, cause usually they'll, they'll message you the clerk behind the counter. You know, I know she might've been having a hard day, but she was extremely rude or they lost my, you know, product or whatever it is. And I'll, I'll message them. And usually I'll get a message back. Like, how can we make this better? Because sometimes email is slow, but social media is quick, fast, and in a hurry. I'll put it on your Facebook page. I'll tweet about it. And usually, you know, there's some sort of restitution. You might get a little extra butter on your bagel next time you go. Mm, bagels. <laughs> I know. What? Are you on your own? Um, I have not eaten, like, carbs in, like, a week or so, and I'm dying. What? I'm supposed yeah, I'm to be on a paleo. My So I'm doing the CrossFit thing, and they gave us some some, some sort of nutrition plan. And it's like paleo, and I'm like, I'm too tired of paleo. Like, I need carbs. My nutritionist actually told me, and God bless her. She was like, Mandy, you may not be very physical at your job, but you use a lot of brain power. You need some good, healthy carbs. Don't trust any diet that says no carbs. Okay. Well, I, I, it's, it's, um, what is that stuff called? Quinoa? It's quinoa carb. It's like a protein yes. slash carb. But it's a okay. complex carbohydrate. You know, just like the good stuff. Like okay. broccoli can be considered a good carb. It has carbohydrates. Like, you know, okay. whole grain stuff. But like yeah. she told me, she like lots of good little tips. Like don't go out and have the gigantic whole wheat wrap that has like 300 calories. But have like, okay. she's like, have a piece of normal sliced toast. Like a or normal sized piece of toast. It's not going to kill you. Okay. Um, 
I'm just, you know, it's all about like trying to be like a little less. Ext- I've done the extreme stuff, but we yeah, can- I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to find my happy like place where it's like it's not a diet, it's just a life thing, you know? Like, oh, like honestly, I white rice. I actually really, really love quinoa, so that's not a huge switching from um, rice to quinoa wasn't a huge shift because I think quinoa is yummy, you know. But it's like, uh it's the ice cream, it's the cookies, like, the sugar. So what? I am an addict, like, to that crystal. Whew. Sugar is like, <laughs> just even thinking about it, I'm like, I, like, when I was a kid, I used to put the spoon in the white sugar bag and just give me a scoop. <laughs> was it not long ago you were boosting to this ice cream shop in your neighborhood? Yes. <laughs> it was oh like two God. weeks ago. Yeah, and it's so crazy because someone hit me up on the behind the scenes. They were like, girl. I went to Nastos. Thank you. I was like, you're welcome. You are welcome. <laughs> Nastos is so yummy. And I'm just like the other night I was with Supergirl. I was like, you know what I want? She's like, what? I was like, ice cream. She looked at me like Tiffy. We're not supposed to. I was like, I know. But what if we did ice cream in a way that wasn't um, unhealthy? Like what if we, because I went, I actually Googled healthiest ice cream. And like one of them was at my local shop, right? It was like 80 calories. and like, But meanwhile, it's midnight. What do you and mean I'm like, healthy ice cream? <laughs> you know what I mean? Did they I give mean, you one tablespoon and they call that healthy? I know, no. It actually wasn't like, it wasn't, honestly, I felt like it wasn't worth it because I'm like, well, darn it. This These 80 calories are not even really that flavorful. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I felt like I should have just had a small scoop of regular delicious, yes. just, yeah, Ooh, ice cream. Ooh, I can't, I can't. Essence is coming up. I told myself after Essence, I can splurge a little, but I'm trying to be snatched. And spanks free for essence. That's like my goal. Spanks free for essence. <laughs> That's my <laughs> motto for the wedding. Trying on these dresses. Ooh. I was like, I don't want to wear spanks. But it's less about me losing weight and more about finding a dress that, you know, <laughs> isn't highlighting every bump and lump and goody gumdrop. <laughs> I like that goody goody gumdrop. I am and determined. It's even, and it's not even that like, because I mean, I don't, I mean, I actually like my, um, my side. It's just that I, you know how like some people, they gain weight in like cute places. It's some girls like, ooh, no. Oh, it is buzzing. Sorry. Mark, leave me alone. I'm like, you put it on silent. I did. That was vibrating. It was vibrating. I'm like, darn it, you you phone, you betrayed me. Okay. So, so, no, I feel like I I can honestly say that, like, I I like my body. It's just that I have the type of body, like, some girls, when they gain weight, they gain weight in, like, the cute places. Like, ooh, I'm gaining some weight. Look at my hips or my booty or my thighs, girl. I'm like a roly-poly six-year-old. I've always been. Like, when I gain weight, it's straight belly. <laughs> I, I, I look back at pictures of me as a kid. I was all skin and bones and just this round belly. And I'm like, why? Why at 36 am I still dealing with that? <laughs> so I could be skinny, and then I have this belly. So that's what I struggle with, is that it's not really, like, the weight overall. It's just that when I do put on anything, it doesn't necessarily go to the cute places or it goes there third and fourth. It goes to belly first, second, and third. Well, just be nice to yourself. <laughs> Remember, say know. thank you, belly. Hey, that yeah, belly does a lot you. of work. <laughs> Digesting. That's eat, right. Eating that nasty, healthy ice cream you keep feeding it. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, I'm lactose intolerant, and the belly somehow makes me live still. <laughs> hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. 
They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Thank you, Belly. Thank you, Legs. Some thank you, Legs. Yeah. <laughs> we move it along. So are you ready to brown break or are you boosting? I'm going to take a brown break because am I going first? Yeah, you can go first. This is really weighing on me. (laughs) I don't usually get pestered. You know, you get these weird phone calls every once in a while. You have won a free cruise to the Bahamas. (laughs) I am literally getting five to six phone calls a day and I don't know what's happening. Like Uh I feel and I'm on the do not call registry list. I'm on all of them for cell phones, for landlines. I've, I know I am. I check all the time. You know what I think it is? I think because I've written two stories in the last year about how to get yourself, how to stop robocallers and how to get yourself off these like big data, like like magazine subscription lists and, mm-hmm. and like um, like those things you get in the mail, like junk mail and stuff. I feel like since I've written those, there's someone out there who's like, we going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, really? Oh, you think so, huh? Is, do you get these calls though? I feel like I, I feel like this whole do not call registry thing is not working anymore. I know, well, you know, because I I registered it for like a a year or so ago, and then every once in a while I feel like it expires and I go on and put myself back on. But I'm the type that I will stay on until you get to the point where you're like, if you want to be removed, press nine, because then it's never a typical number, and I stay on and I will press nine because I'm like, why are you calling my cell phone? Thanks. This is not fair. Well, I'm just going to, I wish I, I'm taking a brown break, but it means nothing because tomorrow I'm going to get five more <laughs> phone calls. You know, like, oh, go go ahead. Ahead. I was going to say the, this sort of coincides with, so this is a time of year, um, not, you know, closer in April and May, especially for tax scams, IRS scams. Mm-hmm. And I was reading about one, of course, you get a phone call and they're like, we're the IRS. And if you don't pay your tax bill, then we're going to, you know, sue you for however much money and little old lady in Pensacola, Florida gets all afraid and doesn't know any better. And all of a sudden she's sending money by wire transfer to a fraudster. Mm. Do you know though, now that they're using iTunes gift cards for these scams? Really? So, how? So that's how they're, so instead of asking people to send money via Western union and MoneyGram, these like wire transfer services, I guess, because pe- enough people have realized this is, a, that's a, those are scam signals. Mm-hmm. They've started asking people to purchase an iTunes gift card and then send them the information on the back. And people are doing it. Like tens of thousands of people are doing it. And one of the most common iTunes gift card scams is linked to the IRS scam. They say, wow. you, you know, you owe a hundred bucks on that, you know, but you can pay us in an iTunes gift card and people are actually doing it. So that's a shocking to me, but it's happening. So if you're out there and you get a call and someone's asking or an email and they're asking you to pay them by iTunes gift card, do not do it. Email the FTC or just ignore it. Cause that's uh, not good. Exactly. No, that's, I feel like there's just so many scams out there. If someone is sending you money and you don't know them, the chances of it being a scam are 99.999. You should you know? see the, the, CF, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. The, mm-hmm. It's consumerfinance.gov. If you ever want to complain 
about a company or your bank or your whatever financial product, this is where you go. But I was looking and the complaints for money transfers have skyrocketed mm. in, the last, in the last year. And most of it is due to this kind of fraud. Yeah, because people think like, oh, wow, this is awesome. An awesome opportunity. It is easy to get swept away. But yeah, if you don't know someone and they're sending you money, that should be the first red flag. Like why in this day and age would somebody be sending you money or sending you a gift or whatever just because? Least of all, an iTunes gift card. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's how my husband said. My um, my husband, my sister's oh. um, my sister's husband says it. He's he has a really thick Nigerian accent. Hey, Emmanuel, and it's just cute. He always says like exactly, exactly, <laughs> and I love it. And whenever he says it, I like repeat it. I don't think he realizes that like I'm saying it in like the way he says it. He's like yeah, yeah. I'm like no, no. I'm slightly <laughs> mocking you, but in a nice way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I switched up my brown break. I'm taking a brown break. I didn't even tell you, Mandy. I got into a car accident on Saturday. <gasps> I'm so sorry. <sighs> I know. It wasn't like terrible, but so I'm taking a brown break from terrible drivers. Is so, this the, your, 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 uh, the car you've had yeah. forever? Or did you get the new no, car? The, no, this is the loaner car that I got from my new sponsors. <laughs> <gasps> no way. <laughs> Wait, you don't it, understand. I was like, of course, I have literally not been in a car accident in like 15 years. And yeah. I was like, literally, she, I was thinking to myself, of course, like, why wouldn't this happen? Of course. Oh, no. And literally, I barely drove the car because I was so nervous. I was like, it's not mine. It's not mine. I feel so nervous, even though it's insured. And it's insured on my end and on their end. But I still felt like it's not mine. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a big girl and do what I was hired to do and drive the car. I drove it maybe like twice, but very short distances. And I was just literally going around the corner. I pull out of the parking lot. I'm in the street. And this woman rips around the corner. She's not paying attention. And she slams into me. And, like, I didn't get hurt. Like, it's a testament to how well the car is built. Like, I barely felt it. Like, on the outside, it looks crazy. But, honestly, on the inside, it it didn't feel like anything, you know? What Um, what kind of car is it? Which side did she hit? She hit the the, my side, the um, driver's side. It's a Ford Fusion, a 2017 Ford Fusion. And oh. so she hit it pretty hard. It was just like, because all you heard was, Aah! as she's turning the corner to come up the street, and boom. And I could see her, and there was plenty of room. I was like, ooh, good. If I stop right here, she has room to pass me. But she wasn't looking, so she was hugging my side of the street. Um, and I was like, oh, my God. So I'm honking the horn, honking the horn, because I didn't have time to reverse. But I was like, if she can just see, even last minute, she had time to swerve because there was still room in the street. But she was on the phone, and she just slammed into oh, it. Oh, man. I know. And I was like, huh, oh, boy. So I get out, and I'm like, are you okay? And she was like, mm, yes, because I live in the hood. And I was just like, you know what? Let me leave her alone. And so everybody's, like, outside, like, and they were like, oh, my gosh, you know, is everybody okay? And we're like, yeah. She said, yeah, she hit me. And that's when everyone, including myself and the rest of the hood, stops and says, wait, what? Wait, you hit, yes. she says you hit her? Yes. And literally, we all, <laughs> <laughs> we all paused for a minute. We're like, what's happening? And then all hell broke loose. What? I didn't even have to say anything. Everybody was furious. Girl, you a damn lie. You know, everybody, <laughs> oh, Newark. Everybody's, everybody's grandma, uncle, the kids, the babies, everyone was jumping down her throat. I felt kind of bad for her. They were like, you a liar. You were speeding, and she was. You were on the phone. She was like, uh-uh, my boyfriend's my witness. I was on the phone with him. They're like, exactly. <laughs> How can he be your witness? He's not even here. You're not supposed to be on the phone. You're speeding. They, and they, she lived around there. And I lived around the corner, so, but I'd never met them, like the, the neighbors who were kind of out. And so she was thinking to her story of I hit her. 
And I said, you know, so I didn't, beyond the, you know, are you okay? License registration, please. I didn't say anything else to her because I saw where this was going. I'm like, well, there's nothing else to say. So we'll just wait for the police. So I called the EMS um, and they came out because I just wanted to make sure that uh, um, Supergirl was in the car with me. So she oh, was shaking she up. Was? She, yeah, but she wasn't hurt. And luckily we were literally still like right by the house. So she ran to get her dad and, um, but she was fine, but they just wanted to check us out. And so, but so the woman who hit us, you know, declined being checked out. And I was like, okay. So we waited for the police. They came, they took the report and there was like three witnesses, you know, so they took their like name and information and I took it too, just to be on the safe side. So I'm thinking like, okay, she will claim under her insurance, I'll claim under mine, we'll move our separate ways. So apparently she decided to call my insurance company to say not only is her car damaged, but she is physically in, in hurting. And I was like, so this I see where this person going. watches too much Judge Judy. Yeah. What? She is clearly trying to go for everything. And so I, you know, I gave the story to my insurance and I told them, I'm not going to say that she's not because I'm not her, but I will say that the EMS came, checked me and the little girl that was with me out and she refused service. So I just think it's very curious how she didn't want to get checked out, but now she's saying that she's physically hurt. Um, and luckily I was able to give them like all the witnesses. Like I said, I didn't know them, but they all gave me their name, number and addresses. And I gave it to the insurance company. And so I'm pretty confident that they're going to deny her claim. Um, and then, you know, the, the people who, who, who own my car will, you know, will take care of their car. But I just felt really bad, you know, cause I just, huh. so I want to take a brown break from people who drive terribly. And if you do drive terribly and you end up getting into a car accident, be honest, like, because I'm, I'm assuming she did have insurance, but I'm assuming she must only have liability and her insurance will not take care of her car. So she's looking for someone to pay for the damage to her car. But I'm letting you know right now, young woman, that it will not be me. <laughs> so <laughs> You I, hit the wrong woman. <laughs> I know. I suggest that you ask for overtime <laughs> or a raise or whatever it is that you've been holding back on and you get your finances all the way together because I've already informed my insurance company that like, you know, the things that you said were not true and you know that it, I'm not liable for the damage to your car. And although I'm sorry that we got into an accident, it's not okay to lie. And especially to add on to it, it's worse. It's bad enough to say it's not my fault. It's another thing to say it's not my fault. And Oh, I'm hurt. Meanwhile, she was running back and forth and in people's faces. I'm like, this doesn't look like someone who's hurt and refuses medical attention. So yeah, Brown break, honey. I was just like, Oh, well, I'm really glad that you're both. Okay. Yeah, I that's am scary. Too. It's so scary yeah. what can happen with distracted driving. It's never been worse, man, since cell phones. Yeah. What? It's scary. Um, it and it's a good thing you had insurance. I'm interested to see. I wonder if your policy will be impacted by it. I know. And I'm hoping that, that if they deny her, that my policy won't be impacted. Yeah, because um, it wasn't your fault. Yeah, but you never, you know, insurance companies, they don't need much to um, increase yeah. your policy. So what happens with Ford? Are you going to get another loaner or what happened? No, the loaner was only for a short period. It was for, it was for a week. Actually, today was the day. I was like, of course, two days before I return it. Um, so they came by with a tow truck. (laughs) 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 I felt, you don't understand. I got back in the house. Like, uh, like the accident didn't bother me. Even the woman saying I hit her, that didn't bother me. But just, I just felt like an irresponsible child. I was like in the house and Superman's like, are you okay? And I was like, (gasps) and that's when I burst into tears. He was like, Wait, are you okay? I was like, I don't want them to be mad at me. And the Supergirl starts crying because she oh, was like, no. I know. She was like, Tiffy, I can get on the phone with them and tell them you didn't hit her. And I was like, oh, now I got to stop crying so she can stop crying. 
<laughs> but yeah, I just was feeling just so like bad because it's like you let me something that's yours and it's precious and I broke it. I felt like a five year old. <laughs> well, I'm sure they understood. And if they didn't, then boo. No, no, they did. They were so nice about it. They're like, Tiffany, we just are concerned that as long, long as you're okay. And I was just like, honestly, they were really, really, really nice about it. Nobody was like, oh, my car, you know. So it's just me feeling like bad because I'm like, literally, I have not been in a car accident since I was like 21. I'm 36. And it would be with a car that's not mine. That I didn't even get to leave with it. I'm like in the parking lot like, well, we're going to leave. Oh, not today. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, we have a really cool, we have a good question today. I'm excited about this question. And if you have a question, we've been getting some good ones. If you don't hear your question today, it doesn't mean that we don't have it. It just means that we have a lot and we're trying to work our way through them. So don't be shy. Email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. You can also take questions on Twitter at the BA Podcast or on Facebook at Brown Ambition. There is actually a, a, you can actually message us on Facebook. It won't be public And that's another way to get your question in. Today's question comes from listener Shri. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I have a question, she says. About a year ago, I moved in with my eldest sister after a bad divorce, and we sat down and discussed what I would pay monthly. Everything has been going smoothly. However, you knew it was coming. (laughs) (laughs) When you say sisters living together, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) However, last week she had a certain alarm company come out to give an estimate on going digital and adding cameras, etc. She asked me to sit in so he could explain what they were offering. This is all caps. I know my sister. (laughs) She wants me to help her pay for these upgrades and I feel that's a personal choice and should not have to help pay for the upgrades to the system. I don't mind contributing more money monthly, but I don't feel I should pay for any of the equipment upgrades. I want to do the right thing. However, I would not ask this of anyone if it were my house. Your opinion would be greatly appreciated. So should she have to pay for these expensive upgrades to the security system? So you said her name is Shree, correct? Yes. So Shree, I moved in with my sister for about nine months six months more than she would be happy to admit to um, because I went through, I didn't go through a divorce, but me and my long-term boyfriend had broken up and I'd lost my job and I lost my home. So she kind of opened up her space to me and allowed me to stay. Um, it's not easy to have someone come into your personal space and stay, even if you're paying. It's still, she's still doing, and I, want, I don't want to call it a favor, but she's still extending herself to you. You're not on equal footing as far as like, oh, well, you know, I pay this and I pay that. So I'm not saying that you, you know, you have to um, put money toward the system, but honestly, you don't also have to stay there. And so, you know what I mean? So that's what I'd say that if my sister at the time asked me to contribute, would I be pissed? Sure. But it's her house. So it's almost like when you live with your parents and your mom's like, well, these are the rules. And even if the rules are unreasonable, guess what? It's her house. So even if the rules are unreasonable, she can make unreasonable rules. She can make a rule that every Wednesday you have to wear purple. It's her house. So if she's asking that this is you staying there is contingent upon this, it's still her house. So you can't make a rule for her house. So if, if it's a rule that you don't like or you don't, you know, you don't agree to, then you are welcome, honestly, to, to find another place to live. I'm not trying to sound harsh because I was the 
can I stay with you, sister? So, and I was pissed when she asked me to move out because she couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> but on now that I've like moved on and I got my own place, I realized just how hard it was for her for me to be there for an extended period of time. So that's kind of like my two cents. Yeah, and I guess mine is that if these if she'd already had this expensive alarm system when you moved in, she would have considered that in the amount that you were contributing probably. Um, so if it had, if they had been, I guess what I'm asking is if they had been installed a month before you moved in, would you also be putting up a fight like mm. having to contribute for them? Um, but also she hasn't asked you yet and I don't want you to assume that she's going to be coming for you to help with these upgrades. If she does and it's within your means to help her pay for them, then maybe you can work out something similar to how you worked out the other expenses. You know, maybe you can kick in 25% or, you know, half percent, I, 50%. I, I know ex- divorces can be expensive. I mean, yeah. I've watched, <laughs> I don't know more than many people just from watching, you know, family members go through it. It's incredibly expensive and, and, and those attorney's fees, they build up. And especially if you're used to having a second income, we don't even know what your financial situation is. So yeah. I think if you're just open with your sister about your financial situation, she'll know what she can expect of you. And um, if you're, you know, have a good relationship and it sounds like you do since she was, mm-hmm. you know, nice enough to open up her house to you, then I think, I think you guys can work out something reasonable. But I think going yeah. in defensively off the bat before you even know what she expects of you saying, I know my sister and she wants me to, you know, <laughs> maybe you do, <laughs> but maybe you don't, maybe she'll surprise you and, you know, if she, you know, like I said, just talk, talk it through and be open about what you can afford. Exactly. And honestly, like you said, because it's like at one point, like my sister had moved in with me earlier. And when we looked at her budget, she couldn't afford a whole lot. So sometimes just sitting down and looking at the numbers makes it better. So it's not like I just don't want to pay. It's like, well, here's my budget. Here's what I'm making. Here's what I'm spending. And this is kind of what I can afford like, so that way we're making a collective decision versus someone saying you had better and someone saying, no, I'm not. You know, I just reread it. She says she's lived there for about a year. Ooh, girl. And for me, that kind of says, you know, when amenities are added, that should yeah. factor into how much you're paying. So I'm definitely, I'm, I'm in the camp of cough, suck it up and, and pay your sister. Pay your sister. <laughs> or get your own place, right? Or That's get your own place. a long time. It is. I'm telling you, Tracy, my sister, she was like, I just remember the day she came home and I was like on the couch and she just looked at me. I said, uh-oh. Because <laughs> I could see the look on her face and me being so oblivious. Tracy was like actually planning on moving. She's like, oh, I need a new place. And I, I found this beautiful place. And I was like, ooh, I can't wait. And she looked at me like, <laughs> what? That's when she knew it's time to break it to Tiffany. Girl, you're not coming. And (laughs) first of all, not only are you not coming, you're going to be gone before I start moving. (laughs) And I was furious. I did not speak to her for like a few months. But honestly, that was the push that I needed to like get on my own two feet because honestly, I was using her as a crutch. Yeah. You know? And so, like like I said, I was angry and I was like, I'm not speaking to her. And I had never, like, not spoken to her for an extended period of time. But, like I said, it was the push that I needed because I didn't realize that I wasn't, that I was using her as, like, the excuse to not move on and move forward. You know, that I needed basically to be forced to see, no, Tiffany, you can do it and you will do it. You know, that's that's really, that reminds me when I was, after my parents divorced, my uncle, my mom's brother. So, again, siblings are the best, you know. Like he took us into his house and we were there for the summer after their divorce. And I remember my mom, I didn't understand why she was so adamant about getting out of my uncle's house. But like I was super, I'm like, but he has cable. Why are we rushing out of here? (laughs) 
He's got cable. He's got all the snacks I can eat. He loves mac and cheese. Excellent. He gives me dollar bills all the time. What's wrong with this arrangement? Um, but she was, I could see, and I understand now, like you really, you don't want that crutch to yeah. keep you, to hold you back from change. And maybe you need a little boost to get out of there. Hey, if the security, this extra security bill is what's going to make you want to, you know, move on officially with your new single life and, and, you know, move on, then maybe that's a good thing. Exactly. May not so see it I, now. Well, I get it. Not right now. You won't. You'll be pissed. But that's your sister. You're going to love her. She's still going to love you. So, Mandy, I have a quick question for you, okay. which is going to be kind of funny. But um, so someone hit me up, Joanna. Hey, Joanna, if you listen. And she said, hey, Tiffany, um, I love your podcast with you and Mandy. How do I start my own? Is there like a core resource that I can read or watch or, and I was like, so I'm terrible in that. I just come here and I'm just Tiffany. Mandy does the heavy lifting. So let me ask Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> so is there something that she can like read or watch, like just a resource? Um, well, www.google.com. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I was I... No, but honestly, I really was like, what do you need? I'll tell you just real quick that the two things that I used for the podcast, one, I don't even use my fancy microphone anymore. Honestly, um, I think both Tiff and I just use basic headsets. Yeah. We use Skype and we use a special recording software called Call Recorder. It is all you need to record your Skype calls. And when you're in person, if you have a co-host, if you're by yourself, then, you know, get a nice, get a nice little, like, $50 microphone from the, you know, Amazon or something. Um, but it's it's not that hard. The hard part is keeping it up. The hard part is carving out time in your schedule to edit if you're going to be editing. I have friends who use um, uh, actually editors from foreign countries like China. There's actually services. And as soon as we started the podcast, we started getting emails like from people who, oh, I'll edit your podcast for $5 an episode. And um, and there's some nicer ones in the States who will charge you more. And you have to sort of factor that into how much you're willing to spend. Um, I can go into a lot more detail. Honestly, email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com and I can give you more tips. Ooh, but awesome. I just taught myself Googling and message boards and YouTube videos. There's a lot of good YouTube videos. I taught myself how to edit, mm. how to post, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, okay. it's a little rough around the edges, but we make it happen. No, it's dope. Okay, that's great. Because I was like, ooh, I felt I, I felt ashamed to tell her. Um, So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I'll tell her to email. I'll tell her to email us, meanwhile, a.k.a. you. <laughs> okay. Brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. <laughs> so, let's finish out with a nice, strong win. So, my win goes for my Niger friend, my girl, Awesomely Lovey. If you don't know who she is, you need to use the Googles. Awesomely Lovey is just that. She's awesome. Her name actually is Lovey. Um, I'm ashamed to say I cannot pronounce her last name, even though it's not that long. I, I DJ, I J, I J, girl. What? I know. I'm a mess. It's not even that long. I'm just a mess because it's not in front of my face. Anyway, Lovey, um, what I love about her is that she has a blog about called Awesomely Lovey, where she talks, L-U-V-V-I-E, where she talks about, like, um, like just current events. But she, her wit is, like, she will have you gagging, hugging. Like, she's just so her. hilarious. Yes, and she has a new book out, right? Like, um, uh, oh. I'm judging you? Isn't that what it's yes, called? Yes, <laughs> I'm judging you. And so I'm like, I know, right? I'm, meanwhile, my win. 
anyway, she's just so dope. And I met her in person in Barbados. We were speaking at the same place and we just hit it off. And I was like, my Nigerian sister, we're friends for life. And so we'll go back and forth in our Facebook inboxes. And she just uh, interviewed Oprah. And Oprah is like awesome. Lovey just cut off her locks, so she's got like this short, really cute um, haircut. And so, rub, like Oprah's like rubbing her head, and it's like this awesome picture. And so, I just want to like give her like a little woo woo because I just love seeing women, you know, brown ambition women just out here killing it. And she's just fun and dope and humble and just like hell. When I say hilarious, you will pee your pants. Some of the stuff she writes, I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Lovey's just yeah, she's just awesome. So that's my win. It's just. Keep winning, lovey. I see you with Oprah. Oprah knows your name now, girl. All you can do is whisper to her, Tiffany. You don't even have to use my last name. Just tell her I'm coming. If there's one person who could stick their hands in my hair unwarranted, it would be Oprah. What? I'd be like, Oprah, do you want a lock, honey? Because let me get some scissors. (laughs) It is yours. (laughs) I love her Game of Thrones reviews. Awesomely loveys. They're really funny. Oh, really? I haven't. I is it too late to get into Game of Thrones? No, I'm actually jealous. Go back and there's only been six, five seasons, six seasons. Okay. Like 10 episodes each. Is it really graphic? Like, you know. Oh, my God. Last night's episode. It was so gruesome and bloody. I would say if you can't handle a lot of violence and and death and sex and murder and throats being slit and guts being gutted, then maybe watch... something else okay <laughs> like the sex part i don't mind but i'm like the guts and glory and all that kind of stuff that's, that's why i never really got into it and i was just like i don't know if i want to see all that it is like any like yeah it's a it's a gore if you're into gore it is like your wet dream of a show it is so na- <laughs> it is nasty sometimes but i'm into it for the characters you know and the nuance um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, it's good though but um no meanwhile I'm watching The Good Wife and it's taking up my life you know how many episodes there's like 24 episodes per season and there's seven seasons you do the math I'm not gonna have a life until I finish the show um anyway Uh, let me me tell you one last thing what I watched last night Working Girl do you remember that movie Working Girl are you too young wait wait, is that like Tootsie no oh my gosh it's with Melanie Griffin Sigourney Weaver yeah. It was so good. It was our logo last night. I was like, oh my goodness. I love that movie. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was inappropriate for me to watch it when I was when it came out. But I love that movie. And it was so good. I watched it and I made Superman watch it. And at first he was like, what is this? And then he was all into it. Like, get her! <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to tell you that. That like, ooh, I would love if, if you guys tweet us or inbox us. You're kind of like old school movies that are like the movies that you loved as a kid or like as a teen or 20 ish and just share them with us. Cause I love a good, I love a good movie. I found myself quoting, look who's talking this weekend with my family, <laughs> with like John Travolta and, and yes, pre crazy Kirstie Alley. Um, what a horribly awesome, just like bad franchise. I love that. <laughs> I so what's your win? <laughs> Oh, this is a shared one for us today. I just wanted to, sometimes we get, we get a lot of questions, but we also sometimes get some really nice letters from our listeners. So I wanted to share this one today. It's super long and I'm, <laughs> I love you girl for writing this letter, but I can't read the whole thing. Um, how do I pronounce her name? Sinethi? Sin, it starts with a C. Sineth um, writes a very long email and I'm just going to pick it up somewhere about the halfway mark. She says, 
There's so much shame and icky emotion around money. I've not been able to figure out how to start a conversation that feels safe enough for people around me to join in. So I decided to find virtual friends and here you are. Mm -hmm. I used to think that that I needed to make more, but I now know that my spending was my problem, which is why making more never really seemed to help or change my situation situation. Since finding your podcast, Brown Ambition, I've gotten honest with my spending, created a budget. She used, I used to just wing it. I returned all the items that still had tags in my closet and consigned, yeah. consigned the rest. I didn't have anywhere to wear them to. I've paid off $9,000 in debt. My woo, credit. Woo. <laughs> and that's since we've been on the air since September. So that's, that's a lot of progress for, for less than a year. Yeah. She says, my credit score is up 120 points. I've increased my 401k contribution by 2%. And I opened an investment account with just $20 a month to get started because I thought I had to wait until I saved a lot of money to have someone tell me how to invest. And now she knows that's not true. So this just made me all feel warm and fuzzy. And Yeah. Oh, I want to give you a virtual hug. We're so proud of you. I'm going to send, we're going to send you an email back because this, and she even goes and she gives us her entire budget. You know, when people like get really excited about their savings Yes, and that you <laughs> feel they're like, just like, I love this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not going to lie. Is it weird that like, I love Saturday mornings when I get up in budget. Like I will like, I get super excited when I'm shifting money around and making transfers. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. Payday is the best day because that's when I, that's when I save and pay my bills. It's not yes. how much do I get paid today. It's how much did I save today? Yes. I love shifting. I'm like, and a little here and a little here. And look at this travel account growing. <laughs> like a bad scientist. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, we love it. If you have other, like, news like that, you can certainly tweet us at the BA Podcast, Facebook us at uh, Brown Ambition, and email us at Brown Ambition Brown- Podcast. Oh, were you going to do it? No, I was trying to, get, trying to see if I could do it at the same time. Oh, do it. Never- go. Brown Ambition Podcast. At gmail.com. Yeah. Episode 42, folks. <laughs> Episode 42. No, that's awesome. That's a great note to end on. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, we will see, quote unquote, see you guys next week. We will. You stay safe out there. Wear your seatbelt. Yes, please do. And stay off the phone while you're driving. No texting. Yes, please. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets, on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.